Well, good morning. I'm Charles Stanback. Um, I'm honored to be here speaking with you all today. Uh, so let's get started. Let's start with prayer. If you bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everybody here in these seats. I thank you for everybody watching online. I pray, Lord God, that I would diminish and you would increase and your words would hit the hearts of all those who hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, I'm going to start with a story, uh, one of my favorite subjects to talk about, which is my family and my kids. Um, I've got my family here and my kids are here in the front row, two of the three. I've got three daughters. Um, I, I don't know if we're clapping for three daughters, but I've got three daughters, yes. I do. I have three daughters, three lovely girls. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass my oldest one just a little bit. Uh, when she was maybe four or five, uh, my wife asked her a question. And, you know, being a you know, four-year-old or five-year-old kid, she lied to my wife about it. Now, my wife was absolutely devastated. I mean, devastated. She was sad. She was crying. She was like, how could my baby lie to me? You know, and in my head, it wasn't a big deal. You know, she's a four-year-old kid. Kids do that. Kids lie. It's on us as parents to teach kids how to grow up and not do things like that. But it really, really, really hurt my wife. But the thought was, well, why did she lie? Well, she thought she could make my wife believe something that was just not true. She thought she could avoid consequences by telling a lie and kind of get away with whatever. And it was something silly, but... Um, because that's how significant this was to me, but my wife remembers all the details of the whole thing. But she thought she could get rid of having some of those consequences. On the flip side, it ended up being worse because she lied. Well, we as Christians get lied to all of the time. The devil lies to us to try to make things look a certain way. You know what? This is going to be awesome if you do it your way or do it a different way versus doing it God's way. But it's never the truth. It never comes about being exactly what the devil tried to tempt you with. So today we're going to talk about this adversary that we have. We're going to talk about the devil and kind of the tricks and the traps that he tries to use to get us off the mark, to get us to slip up, to attack us. I want you guys to turn with me, but before we do that, and I don't know where I found this quote. I tried to look for exactly where this quote came from. But one of the greatest lies or the greatest tricks the devil tries to pull on us is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. And there's nothing to worry about, right? It's just a kind of a, a, a euphemism for evil, but there's no active adversary trying to attack us. There's nothing for us to be concerned about. And that's one of the greatest lies of the devil, we're going to get into what the Bible actually says about the devil and how we can resist some of those attacks. All right, we ready? Ready? All right. All right. I know it's, I know it's a late service, but let's, let's get this going. All right. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. Turn with me to 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. And we've got two verses we're going to go through. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. The verse says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. 
Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same type of suffering. Now, I'm going to reread that, but I want to highlight a couple points. The verse says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Set aside your own self-pride, self-righteousness, the things that you want in your life, and accept what God can give you. Cast all your anxieties, cast all your cares, your fears, your worries on God because he actually cares for you and doesn't want you to be worried or concerned. Be alert and of sober mind. Be alert, be on the lookout. Be well-balanced, be self-disciplined. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, a fiercely, desperately hungry lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith, steadfast, rooted, strong in the faith of God. Because you know the family of believers, the church, Christians throughout the world is undergoing the same type of suffering. The reason why I read it like that is because we're going to go through this verse and what this means to help us resist the devil. James 4, 7, a similar verse, but there is a, a, a promise in this verse. James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So this term resist keeps coming up, and I was thinking about resist. What does that mean? Well, resist means kind of to actively pull away, right? It's, it's not a passive action. You're actively pulling away from the devil. My wife recently got a new iPhone 7, and the new iPhone 7, I guess the Samsung Galaxy 8 iPhones, are said to be water-resistant. They're not waterproof, Right? A moderate amount of water will not destroy the device. But exposed to water long enough, phone drops in the toilet and I leave it there. Well, it's water resistant. I can just leave it in the toilet. Eventually, it's going to destroy the device, right? So something that is resistant is not proof. It didn't, the verse didn't say proof yourself against the devil. It didn't say challenge the devil. It didn't say defeat the devil. That is not our job. We don't have the power to do that. What we do have the power to do is to resist the devil. And if we do that, he will flee. So the question is, how? How do we resist the devil? Well, some of the ways are there in that verse in 1 Peter 5, 5, 6 through 9. But I really want to get to this picture of this lion, right? So you've got this desperately hungry lion prowling around. Now, um, my wife, uh, my mother-in-law, and myself, we flew out to Sydney, Australia about two weeks ago. My oldest daughter, um, again, the one that I told the story about before, uh, she had the honor of singing at the Sydney Opera House um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she did an awesome job, had a, had a nice solo. See, I, I talk about good things too, right? Um, she had an awesome solo, did a great job, but we had the honor of flying out there. Well, I don't know if anybody's ever flown, you know, across the the ocean, across the seas, but it was a 14 and a half hour flight from LA to Sydney. So on this flight, I decided, okay, you know, watch some TV. Well, there's this documentary and I love documentaries is planet earth too. Um, and so it goes through different parts of the earth and everything else. Well, 
about halfway through maybe hour three or four, they got to uh, the plains of Africa. And so, you know, they got all these, you know, different animals and giraffes and everything else. But then they focus in on the lion. And we've all seen pictures of lions. Most people know, I mean, my two-year-old knows what sound a lion makes. But I didn't know that lions had a critical flaw. Because I see them as apex predators, right? They're strong. They're athletic. They can hunt at night. They can hunt during the day. They can hunt in packs. They have sharp claws and teeth and pretty much can kill or devour any animal. But what lions don't have is stamina. If you run an animal or a human, I guess if you had enough stamina as a human, you could run away from a lion long enough, he's going to overheat, he's going to give up, he's going to quit, he's going to end the chase. So the term of resist the devil, the first thing that we need to do ways to resist the devil is to lighten our load. We need to lighten our load so we have the stamina to keep running to continue. What do I mean by lighten the load? Well, verse 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, we've all been there, right? So anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow that we can't even sleep. So concerned about a loved one's health that that's all that's on our mind. We can't even function. And it weighs on us. It makes us tired. It makes us vulnerable. And that's when that lion attacks, when we're weakened based on anxiety or depression or things that are weighing us down. For some of us, it's just baggage. Something bad happened to us in the past, and we're just carrying that with us and haven't cast that and given that to God and said, God, you take this load for me. I'm tired of carrying this. Whether or not we did something in the past ourselves or, or some sin or something like that, God cares for us and wants us to have the stamina to avoid the devil's attack. So the first thing we need to do to resist the devil is lighten our load. He says, cast your cares. That is a command to do, to cast, to throw it out. God, you take this. I don't want to be anxious about tomorrow. It weighs heavy on me. And I want to be strong enough to resist the attacks of the devil. So, First way we can resist the devil is to lighten our load. Now back to this lion. <clears throat> so again, I'm, you know, I'm watching the documentary, the lions, you know, running around and everything else. And he's looking and scouting, looking. That's my lion walk, by the way. That's how I, that's how I think a lion walks. Um, he's looking and scouting for different animals to attack. And inevitably, he tries to find the younger or the weaker animals to go and attack. Why? Well, they're just easier prey. They maybe haven't seen the tricks of this lion before, don't know where he hides out, don't know some of the, the, the games that he tries to pull to, to get these individuals to be able to attack them. So step two on how we resist the devil, we need to grow and strengthen in the Lord. We need to grow up as Christians and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Part of it is just spending time and having a relationship with God, listening to his voice, praying, 
Spending time saying, God, I want to know which direction you want me to go and not go out on my own. I want to learn from all the stories that are in the Bible and get these tools to make sure that, you know what, as I grow, I can see, oh, lion's over there. I see you, lion. You're not going to get me not today because I've grown in the Lord. I can learn from the mistakes of others in the Bible. I mean, a story that comes to mind, um, uh, it's King David. Many of us heard the story of David and Goliath, and he had the, the slingshot, and he killed the giant. Most of us heard that story. But have we heard the story of David's great sin? See, King David was doing kingly things that he does on a kingly day, and he saw a woman bathing. Now, instead of turning away, diverting his attention, and you know, thinking about his wife or everything else, he stopped and watched her. Then he had one of his servants says, you know, you see her over there? I want, I want her to come, come see me. Now, this woman was married. That didn't stop King David. He had an affair with this woman, got her pregnant, tried to cover it up, and ultimately had her husband killed, all because he didn't resist the devil. Now, stories like that are key for us because especially in this day and age, right? We've got TV, internet, smartphones, smartphone apps. And we can say, you know what? I mean, we're men, we're visual creatures. I mean, it's, it's just a picture. There's nothing bad there. I'm not gonna do anything. It's just a picture. But those pictures, those images get in your mind, get in your soul, get in your spirit and become actions, David saw an image and ended up going off the deep end because he didn't resist that initial seed that the devil planted. The devil does the same thing that God does. He just flips it, right? The devil will plant a seed, and if you allow that to water, you allow that to grow, you don't resist it, that seed becomes a weed and chokes out the fruit that God has planted in your life. That's what happened to David. So for us, we need to be very careful and learn what has happened in the past and pray and stay in the word and learn from the mistakes of others in the past so we don't fall in the same traps because his tricks and his lies haven't changed. The medium may have changed, but it's the same thing. So step number one, resist the devil. We need to lighten our load. Step number two, we need to grow, grow, and strengthen ourselves in the word. Now, <clears throat> many animals in the plains, again, I'm back to the lion and kind of the story that, that uh, the Planet Earth series. Many animals in the plains, especially some of the younger animals or some of the older animals, tend to move around in packs. Why? Well, it's difficult for the lion to pick out, well, who am I going to attack? Who am I going to hit? There's so many animals moving in the same direction at the same time that it's difficult for that lion to single one out to attack. So step number three for us is join the pack. You want to resist the devil? Join the 
the pack. We need each other. As Christians, we need each other. We need the support of one another to make sure that we're accountable and we are resisting the devil together. Hebrews 10.25, excuse me, Hebrews 10.24 through 25, and you don't have to turn there. But verse 24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meet, or meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. There's accountability in the pack. If, if I've got a group of people and we're supposed to get to the other side together and I see one slacking off behind me, hey, come on, catch up, let's go. I don't want you to fall into that trap. I don't want you to fall in the hands of the enemy. I don't want the lion to get you. Let's go. We're doing this together. Coming to church is important. Surrounding yourselves around believers is important. You've got those huge signs outside for outpost. Those are small groups where you can get together and learn more. We talked about growing and strengthening, lightening your load. That's a great place to get in a setting where you can do that. Having a Christian accountability partner. I mean, I'll tell you this right now. My wife holds me accountable more than any other person in the entire world. I say, hey, tonight I'm only eating four pieces of pizza and not three or five, or whatever, how many pieces of pizza I ate, I ate last night, she will pull my card and tell me, you know what? You said you're only eat two pieces of pizza, that's your third piece of pizza, and she'll just sit there and look at me. <laughs> but my point is, we can do the same thing with each other, and I'm not talking about it in a judgmental fashion, but hey, I want to quit doing this, or I want to spend more time with God. How's that going? We can encourage each other to say, hey, yeah, I know you fell off last week, you didn't do this or do that, but hey, let's do this together. We've got 20 this morning. Let's, let's just pray together. Let's talk together. We can encourage each other and build each other up. We've got enough going outside these four walls to try to tear us down as Christians. We need to encourage each other at all times. This is especially critical for me. I'm, I, um, I don't preach that often. Um, I always appreciate the opportunity, but inevitably when I tell someone that I'm going to preach, I hear something, whether it's a friend or family or someone else says, hold on, they're letting you preach. Do they know what you used to do or what you used to be like or what, what you used to blah, 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 blah. Now I understand that, that that's an attack from the lion. That's an attack from the devil. That is not God. But for us to encourage each other, it doesn't matter who you are. Someone needs who you represent. Someone here could be thirsting for the water that only God can provide. And it doesn't matter how broken or chipped this vessel is. It's the water that's important, not what's bringing it. So let's continue to encourage each other inside these four walls and make sure that we're building and lifting each other up so we can all stand and pack together and resist the devil. So point number one, lighten our load. Point number two, grow and strengthen. Point number three, join the pack. Now, 
Another thing that I saw in this, in this series, um, this Planet Earth series, there was this animal, and I had always thought this, this was a water buffalo, but that's not the name of the animal. It's called a cape buffalo, an African buffalo. It's about a ton in weight, big horns, you know, just looks like a big, muscular, strong animal. It's not normally on the menu for lions, just not their thing. They're too hard to take down. They're too strong. They're too rooted. They, they know kind of the tricks of that lion. And normally, lions don't attack this particular animal. It's just too, it's not worth the risk sometimes for the animal. Well, sometimes we as Christians feel like that Cape Buffalo. You know what? I'm, I'm leading outposts. I'm leading a couple of ministries. I have read the Bible inside and out. I've prophesied. I've done all these great things in the world. I understand everything about the devil. I know every devil verse. I can do this and do that and etc. I'm impervious to the devil's attack. Well, point number four on how we resist the devil is to be humble. To be humble not be prideful, not think this is about us, not think that just because I'm leading a ministry or doing all these great things for the Lord that I am impervious to the devil's attack. See, it, if I can submit, and I know that's not popular you know, in, in our culture to submit my own will and my thoughts for my life to the Lord, but if we can submit that to the Lord we're not going to be scared of any of the devil's attacks because we understand it's not about us. It's about God. The verse says, verse six, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he will lift you up in due time. A humble person is not drawn in by the temptation and the lies of the devil, but a prideful person can be. What's that lie? Well, oh, this is about you. This ministry, this wouldn't work without you. This, this church, this wouldn't work without you. This is about you. Well, that's what happened to the devil in the first place. He thought it was about him, not God, and that's how he got cast out of heaven. The same lies get perpetrated over and over and over again. But the great thing is, we can counter the devil's lies with God's truth. We can counter the devil's lies with God's truth. See, the devil's lie is, is saying, no matter what, you need to be fearful of the devil because you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. You're gonna have to sin. You're gonna have to do this. You're a human being. That is a lie. What is the truth? The truth says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's the truth. What's the devil's lie? Well, you're all alone in this. No one cares about you. God doesn't care about you. He puts you in this situation. That's the lie. What's the truth? He said, cast your cares, cast your anxieties, cast your worries on him, on God, because he does care for you. He loves you. Another lie. Well, you know what? I don't need to worry about the devil. It's not really real. It's a euphemism. 
I can rationalize everything that I do based on my interpretation of the Bible and everything else. What's the truth? He's a lion. He's on the prowl. He is trying to take you down. I saw in, in this documentary, and I thought there was no way it was going to happen, but this giraffe, you know, I don't know, 16-foot-tall giraffe, the lion is charging, 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 jumps up, catches on to the giraffe's behind, bottom half, tries to, to climb up the lion or up the giraffe to get it. Now the giraffe kicked him off. But I'm like, man, how desperate was that lion to jump up and try to grab a giraffe behind? I mean, that, that to me was just a, a crazy thing on how hungry and desperate that lion is. But that's the adversary. That is what we're facing. So I, I want to recap and leave you with a couple things. One, the devil is real. He's trying to destroy, actively destroy you, your family. He's actively trying to destroy this ministry. He's trying to destroy everything that God put together. Don't sleep on that devil. But you have the power to resist the devil. Lighten your load. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Let God do that for you. Continue to grow and strengthen. Continue to read. Continue to pray. Continue to build that relationship. Make sure you're joining the pack. There may be some here you might be visiting for the first time. And it's, let's be clear, it's not about Mercy Road. I, I can tell you for 100%, Josh will say, we don't care where you go to church, join a body of believers. You need it for encouragement. Join an outpost. Be accountable. You need it on this journey to resist the devil. And then the final thing, the fourth thing, is for us to be humble. To be humble. No matter how much we grow and strengthen and, and do all the right things, that pride can creep in just like anything else. So I'm going to invite the band to come up. <clears throat> but I want everyone to know that we're all going to face temptation, all going to face temptation. But the key part about temptation is that it never lives up to its billing. It is a lie. Oh, this person is going to be better than your wife. Well, nope, that's a lie. Uh, this, this act, this little act that you're going to do is, is going to give you fulfill. It's going to get you what you're looking for. This substance, this person, whatever is in your mind that you get tempted with that you know deviates from the ways of God, it's a lie. It's a lie. And it's up to us to actively resist, to actively push away, to actively repel the traps that the devil is trying to set for us. And if we think of him as a lion and thus as the prey, right, we're not supposed to, the devil's already been defeated. God has already done that for us, right? And the devil knows that, but he's trying to take us down and crush us and destroy us. So it's on us to actively resist, not in fear, because we already have a promise that we resist him and he will flee, but out of faith and love. All right, I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to pray for four different groups of people. Will you stand with me while we pray? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you. 
I thank you that you've given us the tools and equipped us on ways to resist the devil and the devil's traps. God, I want to pray for the first group of people, the group of people who are anxious, Lord God, the group of people who may be depressed, the group of people who are carrying a burden, carrying a load, carrying things on their hearts, and this need to relinquish and give to you. You care for us, God. Please take that burden from them. Lighten their load, Lord God. Second group of people, Lord, I, I want to pray for those who may be young in the faith or, or maybe need to spend more time or have a, a stronger relationship with you, Lord God. Again, help strengthen that relationship. Help them grow and, and be able to resist some of the ways the devil's attacked by learning about you and building that relationship and love and trust in you. Lord, the third group of people are those who may be trying to go out of this alone, thinking that, you know what? I can have my personal relationship with God. I don't need anyone else. You told us to come together for encouragement, for accountability, Lord God. I pray for those who may be searching for a church home or searching for a group that you provide a clear path for them to join that so they can be, be supported, so they can be encouraged, Lord. And then the last group, Lord God, is the prideful ones. Some of us who maybe think, you know what, I've got this figured out. I've got the tools. I've got the armor. I've got the, the knowledge, the know-how to be able to do anything I want to do in this life. But Lord God, you said, humble yourselves. Give us a humble spirit, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that we'd recognize the attacks of the devil so that we don't fall, that we don't get destroyed, Lord God, and we can live forever in communion with you. I thank you for your sacrifice, Lord God. I thank you that the devil's defeated. I thank you that there's nothing for us to fear. But I also thank you, Lord God, that we have the opportunity to choose your love over fear of the devil. Thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.